0: Hello and welcome to Pop Culture Hangfire with Christian and Gabriel. The podcast where I try to catch up Gabriel on everything I think he missed while he was being homeschooled and sheltered from the outside world. The year, 1994, Ruth Bader Ginsburg was sworn in as a U.S. Supreme Court justice. Time Magazine's Person of the Year was Pope John Paul II. Intel became the world's largest manufacturer of motherboards. And the first group of women assigned to a U.S. Navy combat ship reported for duty aboard the USS Eisenhower. Some good people this year already. Already, right? Uh, so ninety four, you're five, you said six, seven.
1: Uh, it it would be six. I'd be turning six that year.
0: Yep. Uh, if I, re- i uh, here. I am recapping for you. You've moved in with your grandparents in Rancho Cucamonga, and you're being a, a good six, seven year old kid.
1: Oh yeah, it's it's great for me because my my life revolves around which like I have to pick which era I'm gonna pretend, uh, make believe outside on just about an acre of property. So uh, there's a lot of grass. There's even a couple trees. Uh, I, I had a, I had a lot of uh, a lot of combat missions, a lot of uh, shootouts and a, uh, a lot of uh, sci fi battles in that yard all in my imagination. So
0: so, so Gunsmoke. Star Trek, <laughs> just all the shows that you were allowed to watch from... Everything, 19, everything 16, that
1: I... <laughs> anything I drew from the wealth of things that I was allowed to see. Co-
0: combat. Combat, literally um, combat.
1: Yep, literally combat.
0: Uh, yep, or Hogan's uh, yep. Heroes, yep. right? <laughs> uh, so I'm 14, uh, being a teenager, doing my thing. Let's jump right in because um, I feel like last episode we went over 50 minutes and I try to stay under 50, so right. maybe a little little less conversation, a little more action. Fair. Fair. Uh, The Lion King comes out in 1994. That's a big one. Yep. Original songs written by uh, Elton John. Um, Score by Hans Zimmer. You know, I forgot about the voice cast. I I, I remember James Earl Jones, who played the, the, you know, the main, uh, the main, the dad. And I remember Jeremy Irons was the bad guy. And then I remember, like, Jonathan Taylor Thomas playing the young cub and then Matthew Broderick playing the older one and then I do remember Nathan Lane and I I forgot that Rowan Atkinson was in this Mr. Bean and uh, Cheech Marin was in it um oh,
1: I wouldn't have been cognizant of any of those people at that point
0: Uh did you watch The Lion King when it came out or or
1: much yeah, later Yeah that is the first movie I can ever recall seeing in the theater
0: So your mom was cool with this one like she's like oh yeah
1: Yeah, it's cartoon violence, you know, and we uh, we watched Looney Tunes. People, they they absolutely wailed on each other in Looney Tunes. Yeah, but they always incredibly violent acts.
0: They always survived.
1: Right. But like, you know, couldn't one argue that like if you if you, you know, see someone wailing on someone in the head with a hammer that like you're like, oh, it's cool. People are cool with that. But anyway, yes, betrayal, very Shakespearean backstabbing and, you know, plot twists uh, was fine because it was animals.
0: So you know that this is one of the first movies that I recall giving me a um, a realization that I I had some sort of and I, I use the term daddy issues loosely but that that like the death scene actually affected me in more than just what I was watching it actually like had a connection with me this was one of those first movies where I recognized like oh I I I uh, I don't do well with dad deaths in movies. <laughs>
1: And then well, later do traumatize the generation I'm telling you
0: I, no I think Disney slash Pixar
1: well Disney's they got more than a generation they've 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 gone like back to back champions on trauma
0: yeah no it's fantastic <laughs> um, if
1: Parents I had to, don't survive
0: 1994 animated movie how much do you think this movie's budget was because this actually surprised mm. me it really did
1: okay. I have no idea because this is not really. This is all like still like drawn by hand stuff. Right, they're drawing it. Um, I don't have a frame of reference. uh, Budget. Let's go. And there's a lot of voice acting talent. There's a lot of big name talent. You got to include that. Mm -hmm.
0: Uh, Mm -hmm. Yeah, because you got to remember, Jonathan Taylor Thomas was like one of the most popular kids on Home Improvement. So
1: right, you know that costs money. Um, His haircuts alone were probably in the budget. Um, Let's say
0: eighty million. Wow, spot on. 79 million. Woo! <laughs> nice. Um, went on to gross 763 million. Oh my god. Yep. That's uh, a success. Second highest grossing film of all time, right behind Jurassic Park as of ninety three. Damn. Right? Yeah, you know, I, I think I've I've watched it once or twice. Um was never a movie that I went back to. Obviously, the references have been everywhere since. But I do, again, I do recall, and maybe that's why I never went back to it. But I remember the <laughs> the death scene, and I was like, "Oh, oh, I, I don't know what this means. Why am I, why am I feeling these feelings about a, a dying lion?" <laughs> Fast forward years later, therapy, and I was like, "Oh, right, it right." Wash. Bruce Willis Armageddon. again. Ah, it all makes sense now. <laughs> Uh, now next up again it's one of those characters iconic the minute you hear this you know exactly what, what we're talking hello my name's Forrest Forrest Gump you want a chocolate
1: I could eat about a million and a half of these my mom always said
0: life was like a box of chocolates—you never know what you're going to get. Man, that movie. Uh, did you watch it at the time? After? What was the story? Much later,
1: yeah. That's not something I I would have gotten to see at that point. I always I always get to chuckle out of the life is like a box of chocolates though because. I I lived that because of my allergies. Like literally every holiday, and we've talked about that a couple of times. It's come up, but like never know what you're gonna get. I, I I was a kid. I wanted chocolate, but sometimes you end up throwing up in the bathroom.
0: You know what's funny? I I as a kid, I thought Forrest Gump was a super super entertaining movie. One of the it, it almost felt like an epic because of every decade that he went through. Right. Um, rewatching it as an adult, I'm like, man, Tom Hanks created a fucking character. Lately, I've been on this kick of actors and their process on creating characters, you know, like, um, you know, like the joke, you know, Heath Ledger's the Joker, um, most of Mike Myers' characters, like people who build and create these iconic characters that, that like you, you, they disappear into them. And, and yeah, and, and I think one of these that I, I maybe, and obviously he gets all the credit because he, I think he, he had a, a best actor uh, nomination for, for this film. But I think, you know, you get lost in the fantasy of such a great story that's being told that I think you lose you lose the fact that, that he is doing an outstanding acting job in this. Um, so directed by Robert Zemeckis. This I forgot. It's actually based on a novel called Forrest Gump that actually, after the movie came out, uh, the writer wrote a sequel for it. It was nominated for... Six Academy Awards, Best Picture, Best Director, Best Actor, Best Adapted Screenplay, Best Visual Effects, and Best Film Editing. $55 million budget, earned over $678 million, making it the second highest grossing film of 1994, right behind Lion King. Obviously starring Tom Hanks, Robin Wright, Gary Sinise, and Sally Field uh yeah exceptional movie Uh, but again like dan dan (laughs) but yeah i I was watching some of the clips and i was like wow i forget that this movie was so entertaining that that you get lost in the fact that 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 tom hanks's character is 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 so well tuned and and like he just like he is him you know he becomes him um i remember also the soundtrack was ridiculously good like and again it's it's just every every song from the sixties and the seventies, so it's just like a greatest hits compilation. But I still remember, like you know, they had the Doors, they had Creedence, they had everybody. So
1: yeah, no, they, it, it musically was very satisfying. Very. Yeah, that was a movie I did not get to see till much later. Um, it's funny that you you talked at length about it's it, the the first thing I was thinking about that was like, man, like Hanks is a really good actor. So I, <laughs> like I was just remembering, and I'm thinking that like he really like has has done such a a broad You know, spectrum of work, and uh, this is just one of those facets that is is different. Like, yeah, because hard to picture someone else doing that. Because you know what, in this movie, his
0: early stuff, very comedy, right? Like, you know, the TV show *Bosom Buddies*, *Big Splash*. You know, I'm sure he wants people to forget *Bachelor Party*, *Money Pit*. (laughs) You know, like all those movies, and then like I think around the early nineties, he started doing his serious stuff like *Philadelphia*. But you're right, like. Every so often he'll go into a character like in the terminal where he played that, uh, the foreigner from like, I, I'm not even gonna try to guess what, what move, what country he was from, but he can go into characters. He chooses not to for the most part, or the characters he builds are very, um, specific, you know, like, a, a, it's more of a personality rather than a, well, let me say, let me say that differently. It's, it's like a real person instead of a personality. Uh, and some of his character choices. Uh, but yes, you're absolutely right. He's a, a phenomenal, phenomenal actor. Great, insanely good sense of humor. Every time he's on SNL, he kills it out of the park. Moving on to 1994, The Crow. Based on uh, the comic book. Unfortunately, this is the movie where Brandon Lee was fatally wounded during the filming. $23 million budget, grossed over $94 million, and three sequels. And the television series? Uh, I remember the sequels, the crow would pick a different person to to let the character come out, and that's how they were able to play off the sequels because it's always a different actor who's righting a wrong and getting justice, you know, and their vengeance. I remember watching it, and my brother had a friend who was deep into it. A dude, like, dressed like him all the time. I didn't really get into it at the beginning, because I think I saw it when I was like, yeah, like 14, 15. And I was like, eh, it's it's okay. Later on, I really appreciated it more. I don't think I ever became like a crow fan to like, a, you know, to the point where like, I'm like, oh, it's a fantastic film. I think it's, you know, it's it's a good movie. And, and it's, you know, it is what it is. But uh, again, not I'm not shitting on it by any means. Just saying it's 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 a good movie. Uh, it's not like a movie that I would say You know, like it's a must watch for everybody.
1: Yeah, no, it's 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 like a credible movie in its genre. And then it's what happened in it is just I mean, that's it's infamous as a result. So I think it gets a lot more attention because of that.
0: You know, something else about 90s comic book movies, they didn't lean so heavy on the comic part of it, huh? When they made movies like that. It was – they concentrated on the story, but they never, like, based on the comic, you know, type of thing or, like, Marvels or DCs or Dark Horses. They never did that. It almost
1: seemed like they wanted to, like, distance. Oh, yeah. They just wanted to do their own thing. They were like, this is is our adaptation, our interpretation. There wasn't, like, an army of fans that were going to be like, no, it's not faithful. People were just like, let's watch this. Probably because of not so much internet. Like that you didn't have the internet at this bro
0: point. that not remember at the time you had superman and you had batman those were the only two superheroes allowed to have movies right <laughs> i mean i remember reading a, I remember reading a script for a 1990s version of plastic man and i was like oh wow he turned into a couch yeah this is why they didn't make comic book movies in the 90s because they would have gone like full comic you know well it's like
1: when you look at the old tv version of thor mm-hmm. you know and you're just like this is why no one was like trying to pitch this in Hollywood, yes, any farther. Like this was as far as it went. <laughs> no one said
0: feature-length film when they saw that. They did not co-starred with the Hulk <laughs> in the <laughs> in the made-for-TV Hulk movie. But you know, mm-hmm. moving on to a uh, an iconic classic action movie, cult classic at this point, just one of the best movies of the '90s, Speed, starring Keanu Reeves. Dennis Hopper, and America's sweetheart, Sandra Bullock. Or as I like to call her, Sandy. Oh, and Jeff Daniels. Jeff Daniels is in it too. Yeah. (laughs) Also that guy. Also that guy. $37 million budget. $350 million gross. uh, Winning two Academy Awards for Best Sound Effects Editing and Best Sound. Also responsible for Speed 2 Cruise Control um, without Christopher Reeve. And I think it's gone down without without Ke- Keanu. Oh uh, yeah, Keanu Reeves, thank you. Um I think this the sequel has gone down in history as one of the worst sequels of all time. And we'll yeah. save that conversation for our sequels episode. Hey.
1: That's exciting teaser.
0: Uh no, so speed man, it's such a fun movie and it's it's one of those movies that starts and just kind of keeps kind of keeps going almost real time where it like diehard, you know, like it's, you know, you follow him, he gets to the hotel, he gets to to the uh, Christmas party and, uh, you know, shit goes down. I like movies that do that successfully where there's not a lot of lead up to it, you know, where you just, you're in the moment, like this is happening. You're, you're following Sandra Bullock, she gets into the bus and she's in trouble, you know? But yeah, no, it was it was such a great movie. This was right around, you know, like Point Break, like Keanu Reeves in his like starring to get superstardom. Phenomenal, phenomenal film.
1: And yet, before he was Neo,
0: way before Neo, at least you know,
1: and and that was his that was his biggest identifier. Arguably, John Wick's up there now.
0: Well, no, I would say I would say he's had three. I would say he had Bill and Ted's, yep Neo. And John Wick, I think those are the the big, yeah. the big ones. Um, because but this
1: of, is before that. This is before two of those.
0: That's true. That's true. This and, is interesting. I mean, the man is still killing it. You know, literally killing everyone. I think. And, John and Wick. looks the same. And looks the same. Yeah. Uh, what are your uh, thoughts on Speed?
1: I got to see it much later, and i re- I recall there being some um, talk after about like I don't remember why. Like we saw it at somebody else's house. Like they put this movie on. And like, I think my mother was polite. Like we, again, we were old enough at this point, but she was polite and therefore, you know, tolerated us seeing it, but then had to talk about why we didn't, we wouldn't have gone and seen it or something after. And I, I honestly don't remember the content of that conversation. I enjoyed the movie. I remember having a good time and thinking, wow, this is fun. So <laughs> I liked it.
0: <laughs> and then, and then you watch it again as an adult or do you, you've only.
1: I have not watched it again. And again, I saw it like not very near this, release like i saw it years later so oh, i thought okay. it probably like you know i don't know like somewhere between like 11 and like 14 probably oh okay so
0: it's still not you that know? far back huh oh okay
1: not i mean it's getting farther now that i think about it but uh i would yeah that, that's a movie
0: i'd rewatch that i saw it, i saw it uh less than 2 years ago uh still good how did holds up All right, oh, hold. holds up yeah cuz i'm telling you it's one of those films where where you forego a lot of Realism, you, you, you know, spend your disbelief. Yeah, you definitely do. Thank you. Uh Yeah, and and you're and you're fine with it because because everybody agrees that it's it's okay to do this. Like, you're, you you want a cinematic experience, and you got it.
1: I think it's one of those things too where it's got that it's it was in an era where where you had a lot, of course, a lot more practical effects, and it feels grittier. And then, like you said, with the the lack of buildup, like it's almost a lost art at this point. Like, that's not that doesn't get done as much it feels like or as well and maybe that's a little nostalgia talking but like it feels like a movie of its era in a good way
0: i agree i agree as i
1: remember it so i i need to rewatch it
0: i recently rewatched uh, the 13th warrior and they do the same thing that's a fantastic film that is underrated but yeah but it's one of those films where like you start and the action the story just takes off and you're you're just bought in Uh, And it's so well done. Like, I saw it in the last month again, and I was like, I I, I forgot that it was based on a Michael Crichton book. And I'm like, I am ordering this online, and I'm going to read this book because this movie's again, reminded me how good it is. And it's one of those films that, like, it went under the radar, right? Because you didn't see a bunch of like films come out afterwards, you know? So it came out. It did its thing and it disappeared again, and and it didn't. It you know like Pirates of the Caribbean come out and then everybody's all about pirates. I don't remember the Thirteenth Warrior coming out and everybody being about Vikings and Northmen. No, fifteen years later though, there's an entire series about them, but it's, it's the exact same, <laughs> you know. But it was. It's one of those films where like they miss something because they're like. Why didn't everybody jump on board with this? This It didn't kick off
1: like a whole trend of a bunch of copycats.
0: It didn't. And in a way, it's good. But at the same time, I'm like, what a shame because it's such a great movie. Yeah. Moving on to television shows. Uh, Popular TV show at the time, 60 Minutes, NYPD Blue, Murder, She Wrote, Friends, and Roseanne. Shows that ended in 1994. Do you recall the show In Living Color? Yes, yes. On from 1990 to 1994, Keenan Ivory Wayne's created part of the Wayne Brothers, right? Uh, Damon, Kim, Sean and Marlon who are now, you know, responsible for um what is it? Scary scary story? No, scary movie. Scary movie. Scary movie White Chicks. I mean <laughs> just that alone they could they could live off of. And then they 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 came back with like the the paranormal movies, uh, um, um, parodies, right? Yeah. So, great, sketch.
1: Great satire of ridiculous, great. already kind of funny things.
0: Um, so, yeah, sketch comedy, uh, you know, it had a, a a bunch of young comedians at the time, right? Um, uh, Jamie Foxx was a regular, Tommy Davidson, David Allen Greer, Chris Rock would appear as a special guest once in a while. And it was also uh, Jim Carrey's, like, Yes. Standout break out breakout performance. Because he had done, yeah. I think, two movies before that. I think he had done that uh, once bitten movie with um, where he was a vampire or something. Uh, but yeah, but he had done that. And then this this just, you know. And you know what I read? I read that he actually had a career as an impressionist before that. like, he had had like. That makes a lot of sense. He, he had a, a, a Las Vegas run as an impressionist. And then he went into movie acting, and then he ended up getting picked up by Keenan Ivory Wayans for uh, for *In Living Color*, and you know the rest. Jesus, he was a standout character in that uh, as an actor, uh, as a comedian. The sketches. Yeah, I've he definitely could,
1: seen clips of him from that, and that
0: that's probably how I know it. Honestly, the other the other thing that this show did was it introduced us to Jennifer Lopez. So at the so in between the. Uh, commercial breaks, this female troupe of dancers would come out and do different uh, different routines. And they were called the Fly Girls. And Jennifer Lopez was one of the Fly Girls. She was one of the main ones who would open the door and she would get camera time. Um, actress Rosie Perez was also uh, serving as a choreographer for the Fly Girls. So, you know, thank you, Keenan Ivory Wayans and the Wayans yeah. for Jim Carrey, Chris Rock, Jamie Foxx, David Allen Greer. And... uh jennifer lopez
1: who also looks the same
0: also looks the same in her 50s here's an interesting one that i had not thought about for a very long time and and it it gave me a little bit of um of joy to see this because i remember watching this as a kid uh or as a teenager do you recall the show love connection yes what do you remember about it
1: (sighs) not much i've just seen bits and pieces of it um
0: so, so the premise of the show was what was the premise of the show? The premise of the show was one female would or male would go on three dates with three of the contestants, and then they would come on the show and they would talk about how the dates went. Right? Yeah. Uh, and here's this is this is the great part about it. People would send in their their VHS recordings of their introductions. So based on those. The person would choose the three people they would go out on a date with. Yeah, they would go out on the date, and then the show would be recorded uh, before a live audience, and they would talk about how the dates went, and then they would um, show some excerpts about them talking about it, and then the audience would vote on who the person should, you know, go on a second date with, and then the person would go, and then the the show would pay for them to go on their second date. Uh, it was on for eleven seasons, and it was amazing. But I, I remember.
1: Oh, I was just gonna say, it's funny how back dating shows go.
0: But I, I think that the interesting thing about it was like you know, 1994 using VHS technology, like you know, can you can you picture the process?
1: you have to record yourself, which means you have to have access to this equipment somehow.
0: Yes, which would have been a four five hundred dollar investment.
1: You have to go physically take that tape and put it in the right kind of packaging, padded packaging, to go mail that. That's it's so absurd in hindsight.
0: And can you think about the producers who had to go through all these audition tapes, and and like, oh, you know,
1: no, yeah, because some of the ones that made it through were real bad.
0: Yes, yes, they were. So yeah, <laughs> but uh but yeah, I had completely forgotten about this show, and then I was like, oh my god, I used to watch the show all the time. As a kid, I'm like, this doesn't make any sense, but it was it was fantastic. It was such a great time for television for that to be able to be a thing because hilarious because then it got you know like the innuendos in the questions and you know little inside jokes it was cute and then you know it got overtly sexual in like you know future dating shows yeah then late 90s early 2000s were just inundated with just too sexy too much sex for for your buck but but love connection was still simple and pure another show that ended in um 94. This one I remember, again, upon reading this uh, this show, Tales from the Crypt Keeper. Do you recall this at all? I, I know the name. I don't think I've ever seen it. So I remember Tales from the Crypt, right? Which was like, you know, horror stories that, that tended to have a moral at the end where you had to learn something, right? Tales from the Crypt Keeper was an animated horror children's TV series. That ran for three seasons, but it was basically the same guy, the same crypt keeper from Tales from the Crypt, um, telling horror stories to the viewers, each with a lesson to be learned at the end because it was for children. And I was like, at some point they thought a children's horror TV show was a good idea for three years. Apparently it was
1: got to get them started otherwise they're not going to go watch uh your movies later you know
0: but i remember i remember tales from the crypt on hbo you know because that's where you could show that because it was people would die and like i remember even an episode where like arnold was the host and they were talking about I, I specifically remember the show was about an old man who was trying to keep his young girlfriend and he kept getting surgeries to like make his body you know like make himself younger and the moral of the story was that he went broke changing his entire body to look younger. Um, And she ended up leaving him for another older guy, basically, who, if I recall, I think it was like a parts were being like taken from a young person and switched. I don't remember entirely, but I I was like, it's not that scary. But I remember the Tales from the Crypt movie scared the hell out of me.
1: I mean, given that example, I got to feel like, okay, hang on, right? So like he went broke. So her thing was money but did he get to have a young dude's body cuz i think uh, you know you still did pretty did. good for yourself he did he ended up with a young dude's body i mean
0: now you get to now you get to go again good for you guy now you you have a young body to work like a dog again to get your money yeah back. there you go yeah, yeah. and the cycle repeats and the cycle repeats tv shows that started in 94 this show i was never a fan of but it much like friends it was just the iconic show to watch at the time er They gave life to George Clooney. Uh, I think he was on that show for the first five years. And a ton of actors went through this show. They did. The show was on for 15 years. It's basically, you know, a a retro version of Grey's Anatomy, I guess. Uh, Yeah, never watched it. Uh, I think John Stamos was on this show, too. Never really watched it, but I knew every reference to ER because it was like the show that everybody should have been watching at the time. But I was...
1: Big cultural touchstone Yeah,
0: yeah, never for me, but I I, I understand that it did a thing for people in places and things.
1: Mm. Maybe that's one of the requirements of the simulation. You know, there has to be a medical drama on television, so that's why like they get one and they just run it for a while. You know,
0: I mean, and sometimes a bunch of them, right?
1: Yeah, sometimes you know you get the whole copycat effect.
0: You do. Did you ever watch the Magic School Bus? I feel like this might have been on your repertoire.
1: Yeah, that was on PBS, man. <laughs> uh, unfettered access to PBS.
0: What do you remember about the Magic School Bus?
1: So, uh, big fan because it's it's very entertaining. Um, maybe not the most scientific uh, show, really, but the fact that they fantastically showed you things made sure that it held a kid's attention. So, lots of bright colors, fun storylines, interesting stuff presented in a over-the-top entertaining way.
0: Yeah, because I, I I actually never watched this, right? I get all the references, though, because it was such a popular show. Yeah. But I remember, yeah, it was like educational in a fun, creative way. But that's where I was getting my Beakman's World, you know? That's where I was getting my Bill Nye. I didn't need Magic School Bus. Bill,
1: Bill Nye was in the same category, like also PBS, there you go. But like, you'd watch like Magic School Bus, Bill Nye, like all that. That was your, your edutainment at the time, so good stuff i i mean again i i i i remember vividly the one where uh they learned about the immune system because uh ralphie's not feeling well and so like they have to figure out a way to get in and i think they go in through like he's got um do they shrink they do shrink obviously oh, that's you, to get in the body you got to shrink Can you mo- imagine the bus just landing on ralphie and that wouldn't have been on pbs
0: that movie was called Space. everybody <laughs> they
1: uh they go in through like a I don't remember. I think that might be they have to, like, re-enter. They get expelled by the body, but, like, they have to go in through a scab. Like, he has a scab because he's also got, like, a skinned knee. And so, like, they go in through. You learn all about clotting. And anyway, it's, you know, the bus gets attacked by the immune system because it's a foreign object in the body. So they're learning about it while the bus is getting hit by, like, white blood cells and stuff.
0: I feel like the show is good, Gabe, considering you recall all this information.
1: <laughs> Again, like, I think that's a credit to its entertainment value in that, like, it stuck because it was interesting uh, to a kid at a, at a real young age you know
0: mm, yeah I, I never never did again it was just it seemed too kiddish to me as a again I was in my teens so obviously like, right I you was were like, too cool
1: for it i'm I a I child
0: got, I got Beekman's world guy I got yeah, bill Nye. child
1: I'm glad bill and I could 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 break through your your hardened teen exterior
0: my um south la um <laughs> urban <laughs> you crust. My concrete jungle. Uh, Gargoyles. Did you ever watch Gargoyles? No,
1: that was on uh, probably like WB or something like that. I think and at the time uh, it was
0: Channel Nine. Was that Kcal or no? That was Channel Five, huh?
1: Yeah, Channel Nine was uh, yeah. KTLA
0: TV, right? KTLA.
1: I know that I got to like occasionally. I saw it in the scroll past, but like wasn't something. It wasn't one of those cartoons I got to watch. I think it was too. It was possibly too like teen oriented. And here's here's me at.
0: And yeah, and you know what? That's what I liked about it. So it had a very dark tone, really like interesting storylines. Uh, the characters, talk about Shakespearean, you know? I remember what got me about that show was that when it starts, it tells you the story of how humans and gargoyles used to work together. And during the night, the gargoyles would protect the humans. And during the day, the humans would protect the gargoyles because they would turn into stone during the day. but they were betrayed by their by their human brothers and they they destroyed a bunch of the gargoyles while they were sleeping
1: sounds and, like human stuff
0: yeah and basically the story is that some billionaire buys an old scottish castle and rebuilds it and then like breaks the curse and lets them live again but i remember i it had like he had these really good storylines and again very dark and 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 well done and i really compared it to Maybe I liked it because it, it reminded me of Batman, the animated series and it reminded me of, hmm. of X-Men because it it was very complex in that sense where like they 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 were not like you said they were not talking to kids they were talking to something a little bit above that by giving you the kiddish qualities you know
1: I want to say that that's on Disney plus now
0: you know that'd be a good one to watch it's only got it, it only it's it, on it was only on for two years. So I, could, I, I,
1: if I'm not misremembering that, then I remember seeing that and going like, I should put that on my uh on my uh, list to watch should. because like I knew of it, but I never got to watch it.
0: Um, the one thing I do remember that I, I loved was the actor who played the main character, Goliath. Keith David has a fantastic voice for for voiceover work. He is known to me because he was the other half of uh, Ruddy Piper's characters in They Live. And he was also in Platoon. So fantastic actor, great, great gravelly voice. You know, like a good narrator to a story. It's almost like a. I put him up there with like you know uh, like Optimus Prime. He had he had that voice. It's fantastic. Uh, next show that started in uh, in nineteen ninety four. This one's interesting because I saw the movie when I was young, but I never actually watched the TV show. Did you ever watch the movie Weird Science? the no. John, the John Hughes movie these two kids are able to with a computer are able to build a woman and then you know instead of having sex with her she teaches them about life and love
1: obviously fiction
0: obviously so they made a TV show that references the movie and that's where the they got the idea to create this this virtual woman who becomes real by you know whatever but in the TV show she ends up being like a like a genie who grants, who is able to create things for them. Interesting. Anyway, it was on for four years, though. Um, but I forgot that this show existed. But I was like, I always thought it was a spinoff based on the movie. But no, apparently, like, John Hughes had nothing to do with it. And again, in the show, they reference, I saw this on John Hughes' movie. I know we can do this. Yeah. Uh, moving on to people who died. Um Just like before, uh, these are some pretty damn good characters that, that passed on during 94. The first one we'll talk about is, does the name Cesar Romero ring a bell? Yeah. So, American actor and activist. He was active in film, radio, and television for almost 60 years. Latino, obviously. Played a lot of roles where he played the Latin lover. But, to me, best known for... The Joker in the Batman television series from 1966. That's why I know the name. The first Joker ever, who refused to shave his mustache because he yeah, was, you could always see it. Because he was re- he was known for having a mustache. That was his look. So he could not shave it. So they just put the paint right over it. Yep. The other, which role, is
1: arguably a much more insane thing to do, anyway.
0: Now that I think about it, yeah, because. <laughs> <laughs> Because even he wasn't committing. So you're like, oh, this Joker's crazy because even he doesn't believe it. should have never thought about that. That's how deranged Super disassociated. he was. <laughs> and disassociated. It's not like you ever took, that, the, took it off and had a normal personality anyway. No. I wonder why no cartoon or comic has ever done that, where they go back to like a Joker who paints over his mustache. That's actually very funny. I also remember him from Ocean's Eleven, the original, with the Rat Pack. He was in that, too. And I remember, like, seeing him outside of being the Joker and outside of makeup and being an actor. And I was like, oh, he's actually a really good actor. Uh, Died at the age of 86 from complications of a blood clot while being treated for bronchitis and pneumonia. Oof. Uh, Speaking of uh, another fellow Latino actor, uh, Puerto Rican actor Raul Julia dies in uh, 1994. You might remember him, and I might remember him from being Gomez Adams in the two films uh, of the Adams family. I remember him also because his his last, un- unfortunately, if I recall, his last film was the Street Fighter film where he played um, uh, who was the bad guy in, in Street Fighter? Um, I
1: don't know who's the bad guy in the film. Bad guy's Zangief. Um,
0: it depends on who who
1: who, who's the dude in the hat bison and bison
0: i think that was him yes you're right bison that's the guy in the head that's who he played in the movie okay and again unfortunately. was, that, was this what killed him <laughs> oh <laughs> probably uh but no it's actually a, a heart uh uh no a stroke he died from a stroke. stroke uh yeah yes uh but yeah he started out as a broadway actor uh and then eventually graduated to films and again you know um Good, good uh, amount of movies he left behind. The last person that passed away in nineteen uh, ninety four. This one is pretty, pretty damn iconic, right? Uh, does the name Jack Kirby ring a bell? Yep. Yep. Comic book artist, writer, and editor, the King, as he was known among um, among comics fans. Uh, he died at the age of seventy six of heart failure. Now you might not remember his name for those listening or you might not know his name right but one of the most prolific and influential creators he and joe simon created captain america not only did he create captain america he also created the fantastic four the x-men thor the hulk iron man and black panther
1: So most of the Marvel Cinematic Universe and also the X-Men.
0: But think about it. Like Fantastic Four movies, X-Men movies, you know, I mean, the dude, that's him. That's who we have to thank for every one of those things. And he died before he got to see any of them come to life, except for those shitty um, 1980s (laughs) Hulk movies and Captain America movies. Poor guy. Poor guy. You know he also served in uh World War II in Europe.
1: Yeah, no, I, uh, I I absolutely believe that. And I think I I think I knew that about him.
0: But yeah, he passed away in uh in 94. Just a uh, sad sad world we live in. All right, with the time we have left, let's um quickly go through some music and a toy that I want to talk about. So uh, with the Lion King coming out, Circle of Life is one of the number one songs of 1994 by Elton John. The album Get a Grip by Aerosmith comes out. I love that album, dude. That album has three of the most iconic Aerosmith songs outside of, of Dream On. Dream On, I think, is by far one of the greatest rock and roll songs of all time. But Get a Grip had Amazing, Crying, and Crazy. There was this year when these videos came out on MTV and they were such high production videos that they looked like small films, dude. Liv Tyler, um, Alicia Silberston, Steven Dorff comes out. Like they were treating them like films, phenomenal songs, phenomenal videos. Get a Grip is one of Aerosmith's best albums, which is probably blasphemous to say considering all through the 80s and the 70s they were one of the biggest bands in the world but still (laughs) i'm gonna say dream on is, is, (sighs) is 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 uh aerosmith's greatest song and get a grip is aerosmith's greatest album i'll just say that uh now this hit came out in 1994 gabe uh can you tell me if this song sounds familiar kid who got into an accident and couldn't come to school but when he finally came back his hair had turned from black into bright white he said that it was from when my cousin smashed saw. That was the name of the song. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Yep. I, I don't
0: think I have ever heard it. it sounds hilarious though. Uh much much like uh, the crypt tells from the crypt keeper. It tells a story that uh you, you know, you learn from on uh, in each verse. <laughs> uh the crash test dummies. Mm-mm-mm-mm, if you read it one way or Mm-mm-mm-mm,
1: if you say way. <laughs> if you sing it melodiously. <laughs>
0: Yeah, that was a song on the radio that was a hit, by the way. That I mean, was a re- not
1: everything from the 90s could be good.
0: I mean... Um, <laughs> it sounds hilarious. I don't think i ever heard it, though. That's amazing. You should look it up after we finish <laughs> no, that's this. That's great. Uh, and then this one toy I wanted to talk about because I thought it was interesting that this was a thing. In 1994, for the low, low price of 1999, you could buy... The G.I. Joe Hall of Fame Foot Locker. It it could be personalized with a child's name, rank, and serial number. Includes sleeping bag, duffel bag, and accessories scaled for the 12-inch action figure.
1: Can you imagine serializing your child?
0: Can you imagine buying a G.I. Joe toy that didn't come with a G.I. Joe, just his (laughs) footlocker?
1: I mean... I feel like the Foot Locker deserves to be its own character, though, with the amount of trauma that thing caused. So here's
0: the thing, though. If you were in the military, yeah. I would buy the Foot Locker before I ever bought the G.I. Joe.
1: Right. The Foot Locker is... It's, but if you're a civilian, I, though, you're like,
0: okay, so I need a $20 G.I. Joe and a $20 Foot Locker. What about his bunk? Just saying.
1: Uh, yeah, this was a toy. Yeah, but then if you buy his bunk, don't you have to buy him a bunk mate because he'll have an empty rack there and you got to get the other... That's how they get you. And then, then that a, guy needs a footlocker too. Yeah, and the closet. Now, now you spent like a hundred dollars on GI Joes. I Maybe mean, that's
0: just how they so got you. Just so that you can
1: tear up their bed because it's not made properly and dump out the footlocker.
0: That's how they got you. Uh, <laughs> I thought this was so interesting that it's still in the nineties. They would go because I feel like that's something you would do now. You know, like you would do an accessory yeah. that's very detailed and stuff like that. To have pulled that off mm-hmm. in the nineties, I feel like that's a pretty and it's a twelve inch right action figure, which you know those didn't those stopped being popular in the in the 60s 70s because the the little 6-inch ones or 5-inch ones were you know all over the 80s and the 90s so I was very surprised to still see that this was a, an option interesting though yeah
1: that is funny like it does seem very uh ahead of its ahead of the curve it's like DLC before there was DLC
0: yeah yeah so yeah that's uh episode 2 for 1994 any uh final thoughts Gabe
1: I it's out again a super eventful year. You've got um some incredible people to open with having events in their life. Like I very I very fondly remember both John Paul ii uh and uh Ginsburg. And we've had some like very big movies. Yeah. That were super influential.
0: Yeah, there's still a couple more coming for episode three.
1: Very excited.
0: With that, thank you everybody for listening. Uh shout out to all our new listeners. Remember, find us at at PopCultureHangFire on uh, Instagram. Hannibal, if you're listening to this, thanks for listening. Thanks for telling people about it. I mean, you know, just going to put a personal one out there. Robert, Robert, if you're listening, hello. <laughs> I,
1: I assume we have to thank Heather because every time Heather comes on, that's when we get a bump. So it's probably, it's it's probably, probably all Heather, thanks to yeah. her. Yeah.
0: yeah. Thanks, Heather. <laughs> thanks, Heather. <laughs> I'll see you next week, everybody.